Hello and welcome to the first episode of Link Latest Asia Bite Size Antitrust. I'm Kathleen Gui and we are delighted you are joining us for a tour of the region. Over the next seven episodes in the coming weeks, we specialists from across Link Latest Asia, as well as our colleagues in Ireland, Australia and Vietnam, we look to provide you with the most recent antitrust developments in key Asian jurisdictions. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues Marcus Pollard here in Hong Kong. Hello. And Vivian Chow in Shanghai. Hi. In this introductory episode, Vivian and Marcus will give us a snapshot of some of the key updates across the region. So, as you may know, antitrust has gained significant attention in recent years amongst the public and obviously within the business community, specifically with the development of new regulators. And we have seen a more vigorous and active enforcement. Antitrust is now definitely a key compliance topic that remains on the top of the board agenda. So, Marcus, Vivian, do you want to start by giving us some headlines? Absolutely. I think Vivian will provide an insight on some of the developments in, in China. But in terms of the bigger picture in Asia, um, there are a number of high-profile uh, enforcement efforts in the digital economy sector across the region. Uh, a number of regulators have been targeting well-known and popular services. The types of conduct that are raising concerns are actually quite similar to the trends we are seeing in the rest of the world. Um, the answer spotlight is firmly on dominant players leveraging or strengthening their market power. Uh, the suggestion being made is that smaller players within the ecosystem are being excluded from the market and regulators are therefore stepping in to maintain levels of innovation and choice for consumers. For example, only this week, South Korea has imposed a $170 million fine on Google. Regulators saying that Google forced smart device makers, i.e. those makers of phones, watches and smart speakers, to sign exclusivity arrangements relating to Android. The allegation is that, is that this then prevented device makers from using alternative versions of Android. Of course, Google will be appealing that decision, so that will be one to watch how it plays out in court. Ah, okay. Vivian, it seems to me that this is consistent with what had been happening in China over the past year. Yes, you're right, Cass. Indeed, as we all witnessed during the past 12 months, digital economy made headlines across the antitrust world in China. Alibaba was imposed a record fine of 2.7 billion US dollars for abusing its market dominance in China's online retail platform service market restricting merchants from operating on other competing platforms. This is known as a choosing one from two practice. For a long time, this practice is not uncommon across the digital platforms. For example, Meituan, a leading online food delivery and shopping platform in China, is currently under Summer's investigation for similar alleged practice. Summer's concern with the digital sector arose across the board. Earlier this year, Summer requested all major tech players to conduct self-inspection of their operations involving a broad range of behavior matters. And those companies all later made a public commitment on specific antitrust compliance. Well, right. This isn't particularly surprising, as digital economy has also been a real focus globally, including in the US and EU. It is expected that antitrust regulators here in Asia will be following the global trend. Marcus, apart from digital platforms, are there any other sectors which are particularly targeted by Asian enforcers? 
Thanks, Kaz. There is no particular sector that is subject to higher risk, um, and antitrust enforcement can actually cover a wide range of industries. While cartel enforcement remains the key focus of efforts across the region, there actually has been notable developments on uh, dominance cases across a number of sectors, even in relatively younger jurisdictions. For example, in Hong Kong, the HKCC brought its first abuse of substantial market power case in December last year for alleged abusive conduct in the healthcare sector. And in the Philippines, the Competition Commission has been focusing on abusive conduct by property developers relating to exclusivity arrangements with internet service providers. Other Asian enforcers have been eyeing sectors which have become higher priority to consumers due to the effects of COVID-19. For example, we've seen the Malaysian Competition Commission raising concerns with certain practices of food delivery apps, such as alleged high commission fees and price increases on the platform. Uh, Similar noises have been made uh, by the regulator in Thailand. So really, it's a very mixed bag. Yeah, Marcus, it's really interesting to see that jurisdictions in Asia have shown keen interest in abuse cases. And it is definitely worth monitoring these days for any further developments. In China, abuse cases have always been an important part of summer's antitrust enforcement, especially when it comes to the livelihood aspect. For example, uh, there have been a number of cases involving pharmaceutical companies abusing their dominance in the active pharmaceutical ingredients or API market, which historically shows a highly concentrated market structure. Another interesting observation is that certain abusive behavior in these six sectors is subject to multi-pronged competition enforcement by summer under antitrust laws, price regulations, and also anti-unfair competition law. A recent example is that five community group buying platforms were fined for below-cost pricing, which summer finds predatory to harm the competition as well as social stability. But Kath, if we can, um, I think it may be good to flag a number of developments also in merger control across Asia. Um, almost all Asian jurisdictions now have mandatory merger filing requirements, and Asia filings have definitely become part of crucial considerations for many M&A transactions. Um, Obviously, some regulators here are already very well established, and many of our listeners uh, may have had experience with some of those agencies. However, there are also newer systems, and and that can create some nervousness and uncertainty. That's right. So let us take a look now at the newer systems. New merger rules introduced in Southeast Asia jurisdictions, such as Vietnam, have, have captured more transactions due to new turnover thresholds and revised market share thresholds. These thresholds are relatively low now and may be triggered by combining the turnovers of the parties. While Thailand and Philippines are the new kids on the block, they have already shown their ambitions and it could be a little bit unpredictable on the outcomes. So far, there have been behavioral remedies imposed in two merger cases in Thailand It appears that the Thai regulator's focus is not only limited to consumers' welfare, but also to ensure that the interests of SMEs in Thailand are protected. Malaysia and Hong Kong remain key economies with no general merger control regime. The Malaysia enforcer has been advocating the introduction of a general merger control regime, which is very likely to come into force next year, and Hong Kong may also follow the trend. 
Thanks, Kath. But I think we should try to contrast those known unknowns with what is happening with the more established regimes. Um, established uh, and experienced uh, regulators, such as those in Japan and Korea, have many decades of experience and are now looking to revise uh, and improve their systems. Uh, let's take Korea as an example. Um, changes will be coming into force by the end of this year and will now include a size of transaction test. That may mean a filing is needed in South Korea purely as a result of transaction value, even if the parties do not actually meet the local revenue thresholds. Uh, this has been introduced partly to address concerns that some high-value deals in the tech sector in particular may have been missed in the past. Similarly, in Australia, the ACCC has announced possible reforms to their merger system. This includes replacing the current voluntary system with a new mandatory filing regime. And of course, this will be a topic we'll be discussing in a bit more detail with our Allen's colleagues in a later episode. So watch this space. Hmm. Vivian, I understand that there have also been some noteworthy developments in China merger control regime. Could you walk us through that? Oh, yes, indeed. Over the past year, there has been some significant developments regarding Summer's enforcement approach about VIE transactions. So in the past, the legality of the wireable interest entity or VIE structure and whether those deals should be notified in China has long been a gray area. VIEs are widely used for offshore holding companies to control Chinese onshore entities through a series of contractual arrangements. Those VIE structures are particularly prevalent among Chinese tax sector as it allows these companies to raise funds overseas and carry out business in China, especially in the sectors where foreign investment is restricted. Summer now made it clear in both legislation and public penalty decisions that VIE transactions are not outside the China merger control regime. This will have profound impacts on the digital economy where VIE structures are broadly deployed. Very recently, Summer blocked merger between Huya and Douyi. This is the first summer blocking decision in the tech sector and the first against VIE structures. It is an extremely interesting case, as Tencent is already the common controller in both Huya and Douyi. However, as Tencent is not solely controlled Douyi, Summer is of the view that Huya and Douyi should be considered as competitors. And Summer raised concerns that the merger entity will have a high combined market share in the video game streaming market, while Tencent is strong in the upstream market providing game content. Thanks, Vivian and Marcus, for these interesting updates. I think that's a good place for us to be wrapping up. For our audience, Vivian, Marcus, and our team are always happy to discuss further if you have any questions, so please feel free to reach out. This concludes our first taste of the Asia Bite Science Antitrust series. In the next episode, Marcus and myself will be covering some of the highlights of Hong Kong antitrust enforcement over the past year. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye.